Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of The Real Couple. Uh, unfortunately, you missed it, but less than a minute ago, Paige made the greatest sound I've ever heard come out of her. Uh, apparently, her chair is very cold, so if we're lucky, it'll make her cold enough again tonight. Or in uh, cold enough again uh, during a time when we are recording. Um, because I cannot understate enough... I, no, that's not how you word that sentence. I was like, under, is understate a word? I don't know. I cannot properly describe just how insane of a noise it was. Do you want to try reenacting it for the audience? I do not. Okay, so it's just going to I don't think I naturally. could, honestly. Okay, cool. Um, we watched a movie. We everybody. did. Yeah. Paige, what did we watch? We watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah, it's a Netflix original film. So uh, all of you have access to it. And if any of you out there are are saying to yourself, but, but the real couple, I don't have Netflix. Then you're a monster and I don't understand you. So we watched Pinocchio with our eyes and our ears. We did. We listened with our ears. We watched with our eyes. We took in the story. With both eyes and ears. Absorbed it, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, what'd you think? I really liked it. So did I. Um, it's very Del Toro. Yes. It's, yeah. Um, and It is not <clears throat> the Disney family-friendly Pinocchio that most of us grew up with. Granted, I really don't remember Disney's Pinocchio. Have you ever seen Disney's Pinocchio? I'm sure I watched it as a kid. Okay. But I don't know, honestly. Because I feel like there's at least one or two classic Disney films that you never saw growing up. I'm sure there's more than one or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like the fundamental ones. Like growing up, did you see Snow White? Yes. Okay. Cinderella? Yes. Okay. Um, Peter Pan? Yes. Aladdin? Yes. Uh, yeah, then... Uh, uh, Lady and the Tramp? Mm-hmm. Okay. 101 Dalmatians? Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there's gotta be... <clears throat> Son of a bitch, what's in my throat? Um, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's... like. I never saw, like, Sword in the Stone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely like a classic fundamental Disney, I would say. But uh, yeah, and then like if you look far enough, you'll definitely find like the. But did you see the computer wore tennis shoes? I wouldn't call that like a classic. I mean, it's a classic, but it's not like a fundamental. You don't know Disney if you've never seen that. Um, we digress. <clears throat> we digress. I'm gonna die if uh, whatever's in my throat doesn't leave me in peace. Um. <laughs> So yeah, we, we watched the movie, we liked the movie, it was enjoyable, uh, it's very, very dark, um, well, not not very, very dark, I, I would say, um, if you have kids, uh, maybe make sure they're early teens, maybe, yeah. a, maybe a little younger than early teens, but, uh, don't show it to your toddlers, yeah, this is not that, I would say, um, it's beautifully animated. Beautifully animated. The stop yeah. motion is a feat to behold. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of stop motion 
is uh have you ever seen kubo and the two strings no okay that is an absolutely spectacular stop motion film um and i i would say that this is uh pretty close to being on par with kubo and the two strings at least just in the uh realm of how difficult it is to do that stuff that's going on um this did get a nomination for best animated it did was it just the one nomination oh i think so i could be wrong that's another thing to acknowledge and address uh within the last few days since we last recorded uh the academy award nominations for 2023 have been released uh i would say it's kind of an odd um list of of nominees this year there are several movies that i uh feel like should be more represented um i feel like uh i mean the one that i've been talking about for days and i know there are memes coming out and stuff of people kind of upset but i feel like the batman got absolutely shafted this year it really sucks how little the academy award is recognizing the batman um I, I mean, it does. It did get some nominations. A few, but I think I was expecting the Batman to get a Best Picture nomination. I was really. Ex- yeah. Were you? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was um, not. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I consider as far as like really well crafted, crafted, crafted. Film, yeah. As as <laughs> far as really well crafted film goes. I would put it on the same rung, if or at least close to it, uh, as The Dark Knight. I think The Batman is a ludicrously well-executed film. Um, I think it has a lot more moving parts than The Joker does. Um, and I, I feel like The Joker got a lot of recognition and appreciation because... It was just looking at one thing, so it was able yeah. to be much more intimate. Where I think the Batman hits all of its targets just as well as the Joker, but it has more targets to hit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll go into, in a separate episode, we'll go in more in depth on okay. Oscar noms okay. and what we think. <clears throat> I think a goal for us would be to watch... The best picture nominees. All of them? If we can. Okay. If we can. Yeah. It it happens every year, but this year is no exception. There are definitely several movies that are being nominated for some of the big categories that I am not familiar with. Um, Yeah. There are quite a few on the best picture list that we've heard of or seen or are planning mm -hmm. to watch. Yeah. Um, there are several that we've already recorded for, so that's good. Yeah, so we've already seen everything everywhere all at once. Top Gun Maverick. Wow, is that it? Avatar. Oh, and Avatar yeah. The Way of Water. Um, we are planning on watching Elvis mm-hmm. and The Fablemans. Yeah. And All Quiet on the Western Front. Yep. Yeah, the nice thing with, uh, well, Elvis we already own. We haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but we own it. And uh, All Quiet is another Netflix original, so we have access to that. Um, 
But yeah, Fablemans will have to hunt down. Same with Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. Um, Tar. Yeah. Triangle so. of Sadness and Women Talking. Yeah, Women Talking I had not heard of. I hadn't heard of Triangle of Sadness either. Triangle of Sadness, I had at least heard of it. I'd seen like a poster for it. But and yeah. I hadn't heard of Tar until right before <clears throat> Oscar noms came yeah. out when we were discussing... Like potentials. Potential yeah. nominees. Um, so yeah, we'll dive into Oscar-nominated movies um, at some point in the future. Yeah. Are, are we planning on doing an episode where we're just talking about nominees in general? Just like discussing the list? I think we could. Okay. Cool. Um, well then, yeah. I'll, I'll stop uh, sharing my, my feelings on that if we're... Uh, gonna give that its own episode um so So, pinocchio the only nomination it got was for animated feature film okay it is up against marcel the shell with shoes on puss in boots the last wish the sea beast and turning red okay which we have not seen any of the other nominees yeah um i have heard a lot of people talking about puss in boots being really Shockingly good. good i've heard the same thing about marcel the sh- the shell with shoes on yeah um is this the year that animated does not go to pixar do you think turning red I, can take it i don't know um because i know it got a lot of controversy it got a lot of flack uh it seemed like it got a lot of flack from people who want their movies specifically from Disney and Pixar to be, uh, they, they want them to make as little waves as possible. Um, they want their Disney movies to be squeaky clean. They want their Pixar movies to be squeaky clean. Um, and when the filmmakers had something to say and, uh, kind of an unorthodox, uh, way of going about it they wanted to do things that hadn't really been done before a lot of people got upset um and part of me can kind of see where they're coming from and a big part of me um kind of enjoys the uh the the waves they're making um but again i i haven't seen it i i've also heard a lot of people say once you actually see the movie and see what people are complaining about it's not nearly as big of a deal yeah as the controversy would have you believe so yeah um i am interested to see what turning red actually is with all that said outside of the controversy i haven't heard anyone really rave about it being great or being terrible um, I think this could be the year that Pixar doesn't take animated. I kind of feel like the last couple years, Pixar's kind of been phoning it in a bit. I a- agree. Along with Disney. But they've uh, continued to take best animated. Yeah, and I think a lot of that just comes down to uh, laziness on the Academy's part. People are allowed to vote who are not putting in the work and effort and energy to actually look at each of the contenders and i think that sucks and i think uh that really tarnishes the reputation of the academy it tarnishes uh the respect they deserve Mm -hmm. um 
and yeah it, it really is disgusting and uh i feel like this is probably the year that well in years past dreamworks has taken it before i believe uh and so if puss in boots takes it that would be a dreamworks right? that would be another dreamworks win i think pinocchio is a real contender here honestly if well i think there are uh several things that could shake that up i'm worried that uh if there are ignorant judges in the academy they may sort of take points off of pinocchio for not being family friendly they may look at the animation category and say an animated film is only good if it caters to the full family and since this does not necessarily cater to the full family it may uh get knocked down a rung or two uh which sucks and that should not at all be the case um, and uh, Guillermo del Toro has gone on record, well, not gone on record, but like in interviews and things, uh, he has talked about how he did this with sort of the end goal of showing the world that animation is just as, um, not viable, but... Uh, relevant? Yeah, just as relevant a storytelling medium as anything else. And... I really hope that uh, this is able to do that. Um, and I would like to see uh, something that has been pointed out to me uh, the last couple of years, probably. Uh, I do really like when movies, animated movies, kind of uh, go for a non-traditional uh, vibe with their animation. Because Disney and Pixar always look maybe not entirely the same, but at the same time... They they have a vibe. Yeah. They have a very specific, um, everything looks cartoony to an extent, but beyond that, the people all look like this one build of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The um, And they're all going for... Uh, once they've decided on what the characters are going to look like, they want photorealism in the environment. Mm-hmm. So they want uh, Woody's cloth to, to look... To have a texture. Yeah, it needs to look like real fabric. Yeah. They want Buzz Lightyear's plastic to look as real, as similar to actual chunks of plastic as it can get. And then, uh, and DreamWorks, a lot of the time, goes in the same direction. You know, the, mm-hmm. the uh, fur on Poe in Kung Fu Panda needs to look like real panda fur. Or the scales on Toothless and How to Train Your Dragon need to look like real scales. The grass needs to look like real grass. And then you have other things like uh, Spider-Verse. Um, that Very is not going for photorealism. Not at all. Not only is it wanting to look like a comic book, different characters want to look like characters from different eras of comic books. From mm-hmm. different, uh, almost like different studios of comic books. It it really is an incredible feat in animation. Um, and I'm so excited to see what comes out of 
across the Spider-Verse Part 1, um, as well as across the Spider-Verse Part 2, and I think Beyond the Spider-Verse is the film after that. But yeah, so uh, I, I really like when animated films that don't follow the mainstream of animation have their endeavors rewarded, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I haven't even seen a and trailer. And honestly, for just Marcel. making a stop motion, yeah, animated movie of the length that Pinocchio is mm-hmm. like this is a feat in animation. Yeah, this is incredible. Honestly, like yeah. one thing that did surprise me going through the trivia just real quick. Um, apparently, of the characters, Pinocchio is the only character. That was uh, 3D, 3D printed. 3D printed. I saw which, that. Once 3D printing uh, started receiving all of the major uh, advancements that it has been getting in the last few years, I was assuming that was going to absolutely change the game for stop motion. Uh, they did a lot of 3D printing for Kubo and the Two Strings. And so because of that, so many more facial expressions and things like that, and you don't you no longer have to worry about uh, shifting uh, the face. I okay, real quick, full full honesty, full transparency. I don't really understand a lot of what goes into stop motion animation. I don't know if there is like a um, having to shift the face in order to get different facial emotions, or if it was always swapping out the face or swapping out the whole head, but. I know that uh, being able to print out a thousand different heads really made facial expressions a lot easier. Um, and so, yeah, the the concept that they only 3D printed one of the many characters in this movie is pretty insane to me. The technology has gotten us to a point where you could easily do that with every character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like they were kind of just making it harder on themselves well, and you had made a comment while we were watching the movie that there are certain stop motion projects that make it look easy. Pinocchio did not make it look easy. Yeah. But it made it look difficult in a way that made you appreciate what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. They did it very well, but it always looked like in order to do that, they had to work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, with that said, uh, it's been a long time since I watched some of the stop-motion films that I grew up on. And there's a chance that if I went back now and rewatched Nightmare Before Christmas, Chicken Run, stuff like that, there's a chance I would be like, oh, this does look hard. It always looked hard. I just wasn't looking for it as a child. Um, but there was just like a real, I don't know, grittiness uh, to Pinocchio that that really just made it look like an endeavor that was done really well. Um, From your recollection, yes. how similar is it to the Pinocchio story that we grew up with? The Disney told very very different. Um, so yeah, it's it's set in Italy, where from what I remember, it was always just sort of set in a village. In vague Somewhere. town. Yeah. Um, so having it set in a very specific 
uh, location was unique. Having it set during uh, World War One. One. Okay. Um, that was also very unique. Uh, and having the politics of Italy during World War One. Yeah, the be, fascist yeah, politics coming in. Um, that was one of the first things that really clued me into how dark this story was going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and in it was Disney's, also very religious. Yeah, yeah, very religious, very political. Um, Disney's Pinocchio, uh, Geppetto is just a woodcarver. Um, I can't even remember if he was a shoemaker. Um, but he was just a, a woodcarver who makes a little boy one day. And so the whole, like, he had a son who died was never in Disney's. Um, I have not yet seen um, uh, Disney's live-action Pinocchio that came out earlier this year. And I also haven't seen the other Pinocchio film from this past year, uh, where Pinocchio is voiced by Polly Shore. I have watched the trailer many, many times, because it's one of the greatest trailers I've ever heard. Um, if, if you haven't watched the trailer for the Polly Shore Pinocchio, do yourself a favor and look that up. It's amazing. Um, That's one way to put that. It is. That's the way I put it, in fact. Um, I adored Sebastian J. Cricket. Yeah, yeah. Ewan McGregor did such a good job with that. Um, he was so funny. Every time he tried to sing the song, he got crushed by something. And just his luck, man. Yeah, they absolutely put uh, Sebastian through the ringer on this. Um, and, and there are, I feel like several characters that, uh, because it's animated, you're able to beat the shit out of certain characters, mm-hmm. but because it's stop motion and therefore I can tell I'm looking at something real, like made out of matter, it still kind of had this like, oh damn, oh, is he okay? Sort of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Um, so... Yeah, that was fun. So Kate Blanchett did the voice mm-hmm. of the monkey. Yeah. And apparently she had told Guillermo del Toro that she really wanted to work on this movie with him. The only role that was left was, and I cannot pronounce the name, but the monkey. That was the only role that was left. And Kate Spat- Blanchett. Spatchatore? Something like that. Something like that. And Kate Blanchett is like, I'll do it. Yeah. I would play a pencil for you. Like, yeah. let me do it. And so she... Did a great job. Yeah, the monkey was very endearing. Mm-hmm. I do really like uh, the love that Guillermo del Toro's getting in Hollywood lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have made no secret I was not a big fan of Shape of Water. Really didn't care for that one. Um, but his I grew up on the Hellboy movies, um, and I adore. Uh, Pacific Rim, the first film, not the second film. I'm not an idiot. Um, but uh, once I finally got around to seeing Pan's Labyrinth, that's, that's I would say, the first of Guillermo del Toro's films that I saw that is truly, truly just dark as hell. Um, so, yeah, he's a great director, 
Um, he's one of those guys that uh, well, has great the, vision. Look at the cast he was able to get for this. Yeah. Yeah. Ewan McGregor, Kate Blanchett, Christoph Waltz, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Um, I, I'll have to uh, pull it up real quick. What's his name? The Ron Perlman. That was the name I was oh, looking for. Yeah. Uh, it, always great to see Ron Perlman working with Guillermo del Toro. Uh, but uh, David Bradley. Uh, David Bradley, uh, who plays Filch in uh, Harry Potter. He plays Walter Frey in Game of Thrones. Um, he plays so many different roles and characters and stuff. But uh, David Bradley does the voice of Geppetto. And there were several times throughout this movie that I was like... I feel like Geppetto sounds a lot like John Hurt, but this movie was made, I'm pretty sure, after John Hurt had passed away. And looking through the trivia, he uh, Guillermo del Toro originally wanted John Hurt to play Geppetto, and then he passed away, uh, and he had to be replaced by David Bradley. So, oh. um, it seems like David Bradley may have been actively trying to impersonate john hurt for the role um he did a great job he really did he really really did and for a guy who constantly plays such like crotchety mean characters Mm -hmm. it was really nice to see him play such an endearing lovable a little more depth yeah um but i feel like the whole cast did a fantastic job yeah um tilda swinton i didn't realize she was in there um, I actually, during the movie, I think I kept thinking I was hearing Kate Blanchett, but it was Tilda Swinton. Um, Gosh, this is a big hitting cast. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tom Kenny. Do you know Tom Kenny? I don't. Okay. Do I? Yes. So Mussolini uh, and several other characters, it looks like. Tom Kenny is the voice of SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's rabbit and Winnie the Pooh. It looks like, mm-hmm. um, at least later in iterations. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's a very well established voice actor. Five hundred and sixty credits, um, which the entire SpongeBob series is just one listing. That's crazy. Yeah, so he's done two hundred and eighty six episodes of SpongeBob. And that's just one, one of credit. 560 things he's done. Um, I mean, you know, there's tons of SpongeBob stuff. There's video games, movies, all that stuff that would add more credits. But yeah, Tom Kenny, um, which that's another thing. Uh, very, very nice to see someone like Tom Kenny in a movie like this. Because far too often, as soon as you want to make... A big budget animated film you want big budget actors and so a lot of directors working on animated films are no longer looking for voice actors who right. their entire craft is voice acting for animation instead you're exclusively going to actors whose craft is live action and they know how to put their whole body like use their entire bodies and faces and all that stuff to um, perform the role. Whereas with voice actors know how to put everything they have into the voice alone. 
Um, and so, yeah, being able to include a true um, voice actor in an Oscar-nominated animated film is really, really cool to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, um, one thing that, as I was uh, looking through the trivia, I was reminded of, there are several characters that, uh, j- at least from the Disney telling of Pinocchio, uh, certain characters were either combined or uh, subtracted or things like that, but uh, Christoph Waltz plays an amalgamation of several characters from Disney's Pinocchio. So you've got uh, a fox and a cat who are like best friends and they trick Pinocchio into uh, following them to uh, Pleasure Island, I believe it's called. Um, And then you have Stromboli who is pretty much like a slave lord for puppets. Um, But he's the one that runs the circus in Disney's Pinocchio. Oh, okay. Um, That's another thing. The... Uh, Fox and Cat who take him to Pleasure Island, they take a bunch of kids there, and the kids, it's, it's, uh, we were talking earlier about how uh, parents didn't like uh, turning red because they want their uh, Disney movies to be, like, super clean. Mm-hmm. Back in Pinocchio, a bunch of children, like five and six-year-olds, are going to this island and they're smoking literal cigars and drinking literal alcohol and then being horrifically transformed into literal donkeys and then being sold as, like, pack mules. And so these kids are, like, just abducted, given alcohol and cigarettes, and then... Yeah, the the It's uh, almost like the parents who are raising kids today don't remember the details of the movies that they grew up with. Yeah. And because there are so many of the like classic Disney movies that are definitely not as squeaky clean as people like to think that oh, they are. Definitely products of their time. Oh yeah. Um and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. Um but uh yeah, the the original Pinocchio, and it's always insane to me that uh, people still ride the Pinocchio ride. They still ride the all these different rides at Disneyland, and the rides straight up like accurately uh, portray the original story. So, like in um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, he dies and goes to hell. You ride mm-hmm. that ride, you die and you go to hell. It's, you sure it's do. insane. Um, and yeah, you, like, watch the transformation in the Pinocchio ride. Um, so, yeah. The fact that they took out the Pleasure Island, kids turning into donkeys, all that shit, uh, from this film, uh, I think uh, that was a subtraction that served the story well. Um, but uh, one thing that was really fun and interesting to me is uh, Pinocchio's... Uh, he has a very interesting level of innocence and uh, intelligence. He fully understands how to speak English, mm-hmm. but there are still words that he'll learn that he doesn't know. And so he still needs to learn, like, oh my gosh, what is he's this learning, thing? like, what, what a hammer is, and he's yeah. just destroying everything. Just, yeah. Um, what's this called? It's called this. What do you do with it? You do this. And then he does it wrong several times throughout this song um and yeah so 
I kind of had to uh, suspend my disbelief. Like, you know, how does he not know what a hammer is, but he does know so much of the English language and how to articulate his thoughts and feelings into words and things like that. It, um, it was it was fun and interesting. Um, I also really liked the concept that Sebastian Cricket becomes his conscience mm-hmm. because he lives in Pinocchio's heart and he lives in Pinocchio's heart because he was living in the tree that was cut down and made Pinocchio made out of that. Um, Also, why didn't he just like move? Cause he was so defensive over like, this is my home. Even after it got all carved up, (laughs) he'd already moved in. (laughs) He had a typewriter and everything. This is Um, true. He did. Or no, he's handwriting his book, isn't he? I, I so. swear there was a typewriter in there, though. I don't know. Um, one thing that uh, it'd be interesting to find out how much time they were able to save. Uh, they gave Sebastian this big mustache, so you never really see his mouth moving. Yeah. And so with a lot of other characters, you... You have to when, animate the mouth yeah, moving as they animate, talk. Yeah. Whereas with Sebastian, you don't have to do that. Same with uh, the... In Disney's Pinocchio, it's a blue fairy. In this, it's like a blue lioness god. Yeah. Thing. What yeah. do you think about the? Uh, I don't, what are they even called? Spirit things. Spirit um, guides. Yeah. Maybe. Um. It was. It was interesting. Um. Their mouths didn't move at all. Yeah. Um. So you don't. Did have they to, even have mouths? Yeah. Um. Uh, they just don't move. Um. Yeah, that was a very interesting take on the Blue Fairy. Uh, it felt... Well, and also, like, the rabbits that carry the coffin down every time Pinocchio dies. And then yeah. they just play poker yeah. while he gets out of his coffin and goes and talks to the Blue Fairy thing. Um, One thing that seemed interesting, odd to me, was uh, how... At the beginning of the movie, he dies once, and the Blue Fairy is like, oh yeah, you're immortal, so you can't die, and therefore, every time you die, you'll just come here, and then I'll send you back. But every time you die, you'll have to wait longer. And I didn't think the change in duration of that mattered all that much until Geppetto was drowning. Mm -hmm. And that time, you could have told me, like, every time you come here, you have to wait x amount of time and suddenly that one time was like oh i actually died at a moment of pretty pressing urgency um so yeah i thought the whole that time increases the plot didn't really do much with it um but uh yeah the concept that pinocchio pinocchio is an immortal being who can just resurrect every time he dies was such a bizarre new plot point to include. Yeah, that it is, was. Yeah, because, uh, um, spoiler alert, in Disney's uh, Pinocchio film, he never dies. Disney doesn't kill him off multiple times in their film. Del Toro does. Del Toro does. Del Toro has that kid shot in the face. Um, they live in a whale for a while. Yeah, that's a thing. They, like, are cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Monstro is the whale's name. Monstro. Monstro. I At did least, not know that. Monstro is the name of the whale in Disney's Pinocchio. Oh, okay. um, in this one, first of all, I don't even think that thing was a whale. Um, it has a... Some sort of large fish thing. Water yeah. dweller. Yeah, much much scarier than a whale, though. Um, it has blowholes, but like tentacle blowholes. Yeah. Like they're not just flush with... And they're like out the sides. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, a it was really... much scarier than a whale. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Disney, it's like, oh, it's a scary whale. Oh, is it? What makes it scary? It's a big one. Do you think it's brain juices make people immortal? No, I think Pinocchio is just immortal on his own. I don't think he, he has. He doesn't need whale brain juice? He doesn't need whale brain juice. Um, I feel like there may be like three people out there who have not seen avatar but they have seen pinocchio and they're like what the hell are you talking about um go watch avatar the way of water man you idiot you stupid little idiot um yeah anything else no i think i feel like i'm getting I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting film. Uh, always interesting to see animated uh, people doing the, uh, like, Heil. Yeah. Hand signal. The, yeah. Um, Overall, very odd. great movie. Great movie. Yep. Dark. Be prepared for that. Um, not the darkest. No. But very dark. Definitely watch it. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of you should have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. We will continue on talking about Oscar nominees for the next few weeks. Yep. Uh, the Oscars are on March 12th, so we are a few weeks out, six weeks-ish to be exact. Who do you want to meet? Do you have Oof. anyone this week? Um, not prepared. But not prepared. Not prepared. Not prepared. Um, but uh, do you have anyone in mind? <sighs> I had someone. Oh, I got one. And it just. Who do you want to meet? I want to meet Sigourney Weaver. Ooh, that's a good one. I was watching some uh, special features on um, Avatar: uh, Way of Water the other day, and yeah, um, for for those of you who don't know this about me, uh, so like we we say every episode, my name is Dallas, but uh, I'm specifically named after. Captain Dallas, the captain of the ship in the first Alien film. And so, uh, yeah, due to my namesake, I have always been and will always be a big old fan of Sigourney Weaver, uh, Ripley herself. And yeah, she, I feel like she is one of those, um, like one of those super OG badass women of film. You know, up there with your Princess Leia's and your, um, oh man, suddenly I'm having a big old brain fart on strong, independent warrior women. Uh, Linda Carter. Uh, yep. Linda Hamilton. Yep. Linda Carter. Who's Linda Carter? I don't know. She's someone. Um, well, you figure that out. My person, I'm going to follow the same uh, vein that you went uh, and say that I want to meet my namesake, who also comes from Hollywood. And her name is Mary Page Keller. 
Oh. Uh, my mom watched her in a soap opera in the early 90s and really liked the name Paige. So that is why I have my name. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, she also plays Johnny Tsunami's mom. Yes. In the Disney Channel original movie. Yeah, for all you 90s Disney Channel kids. Um, Which her character name in that movie is Melanie. And I have a sister named Melanie. So Um, maybe someday I will meet Mary Page Keller. Yeah. I looked it up. Uh, It took longer to look it up than anticipated because Linda Carter spells her name L-Y-N-D-A. But Linda Carter is the original Wonder Woman from the Wonder Woman TV show. Oh, okay. But Linda Hamilton. Yes. Linda Hamilton plays Plays Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. which, yeah, I would I would put Ripley, Princess Leia, Sarah Connor, all of those just badass women for for people to look up to. Um, yeah, I feel like Ripley was one of those firsts. Um, and and I feel like uh, Sigourney Weaver has been in so many like like Ripley is the one that like put her on the map. Mm-hmm. But then she went on to do uh, Galaxy Quest and, like, so many other things. Avatar. Ava- yeah, Avatar. Um, and so, yeah, Sigourney Weaver is just such a legend of the movie industry. Um, if she ever hears this, hell yeah, I want to meet Sigourney fucking Hell Weaver. yeah. She's so badass. She's so awesome. Um, Thanks for so, listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the dot real dot couple yeah um listen to us on apple podcasts spotify stitcher amazon music or google podcasts yeah uh like we've said uh for the past couple weeks it's still definitely a work in progress but we are working on filling out uh an etsy store so if you want to uh buy some some swag some merch um we can oblige we can um Thanks for listening. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, Have a great you. day, night, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Have a, all of them. Have a great all of it. Have a great time. Um. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.